Hey there, welcome to the Father and Son Podcast, where my father and I talk about a broad range of subjects that we find fascinating and want to see what other things of it. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the social dilemma of liking likes. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Baba. Hey, Yusuf. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Uh, social media. What, what about social media? That's a big subject. Uh, let's talk about liking ha- likes. Liking likes. That, the fact that you like to get likes? Yeah. Why do, you, why do you think you like to get likes? Because I know the feeling. I know. It's not I think. I know it's, it's a nice feeling when you get likes. It's, a, it's an interesting subject. You know, I... Even even recently, I put up a post on LinkedIn. Uh, today, I put up a post I thought was very interesting and clever, and I found myself an hour later checking LinkedIn to see do people like the post? Am I getting thumbs up? Am I getting claps? And and uh, part of me thinks that that's wrong. I, I I just never really explored the subject. Why? What What do you think about it? I mean, I think getting likes and liking that, liking the fact that you get likes, I don't think there's a problem with that at all. I think it's the feeling after, after seeing the picture. Like for, from the, if I'm liking a picture, I'm liking it because I want to be like that person, and that's all I see. All I see is an exterior being, and I don't, and so that makes me feel bad because I know all my flaws, but I only see the positive from this person. So it makes me feel like I'm insignificant I don't know what I'm doing with my life and this person they know what they're doing they're perfect they have the perfect life and you don't see the back like what's behind that because nobody's perfect everybody has something that they're worrying about or something bad that's happening in their life and you don't really see that so I think that's what's dangerous it creates a a notion that everything somebody's perfect when they're not and you're not I think what you just said is correct but also the stock answer that yeah. everyone says you know it's the stock pre-prepared answer against social media and not really thought through yes of course you're comparing the best of someone else with yourself and you know all of your flaws but so okay you know that the question is why are you liking likes why why are why are you, either you or i still searching for likes i don't know well, that's, that's the thing we need to figure out. So here I am, 42 years old, and I am posting things on LinkedIn and going back an hour later and checking if people like it. And I guess it starts with what's my intention in... What was my intention in posting that video on Elon Musk? Was, 
and, and that's probably something I didn't question. Was it to educate people? Was it to share something interesting? Or was it to get the recognition or dopamine rush that our people are approving of what I'm posting? So you think the addiction to likes causes people to do things that they think will generate likes and that can be dangerous? Yes, I think ultimately, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a biochemist. I think there is a rush, there's a, there's a, a dopamine rush, or there's some positive response to getting a like, and you want you want that good feeling. It's almost like having a you know a piece of chocolate, and uh, and you want you just want to feel that feeling of whether it's validation or acceptance and. And there, there's some probable biochemical reaction happening happening in in your body that's like oh, this feels really good. I want some more of that. And so you probably chase that feeling more than more than whatever it is that you think your intention is. And, and that's why you know I, I used to have Twitter. I used to have a lot of different social media. And I, it was about two years ago, after after spending a lot of time to get to. I forgot what I had. It was either a thousand or fifteen hundred followers on Twitter. I spent an actual long time doing that. I just realized it just when I took a step back, the whole experience wasn't making me happy, and I stopped all social media. I even stopped posting to LinkedIn, and the only social media, if you can call it that, I had was WhatsApp. And just recently, I started to re-engage with with LinkedIn, and I found myself in the same pattern posting something maybe well-intentioned maybe not and then trying to see if people like it so like so basically like uh whatever drug was of your age our age is now the drug of likes i i don't know i um, i think what was the drug of my age there was, so there wasn't social media back then uh there was we, we I didn't have to contend with this posting something online, and then pe- and then people liking it or not liking it. Um, but what you just described of you coming back is like someone who's addicted to whatever they're addicted to. They get off it for a while and then they come back years later to find that they're still as addicted. I think if you look at the root cause of addiction itself, it's wanting to do something that escapes helps you escape feeling bad and making you feel good whatever the addiction is uh, and yeah may, perhaps this is something like an addiction that you know maybe this morning I, I was stressed with work or just something was bothering me and that triggered me to you know let me post something I think my my colleagues and friends will like on on, on LinkedIn and give me that sugar rush you know, give me that that f- feeling that high so you want the approval of people I don't think I, I want the approval as much as I want to feel good <laughs> you know I, I want to um, perhaps perhaps that's the reason I, I really didn't consider that post until we started talking right now I just thought innocuously I thought I was just I'm just posting something interesting to my community but then when you brought up the subject now, I realized that I went back again and again to see if people liked it. Mm-hmm. Like I recently heard uh, Joe Rogan saying that he posts and ghosts. Mm-hmm. So he'll post and not check 
But I think that's different. I think he doesn't check because he has a million people with a million different opinions, of which many are probably aggressive. Mm -hmm. So one of my questions is: You've never, you and mom never allowed me to have social media. Why? What was that? Is there a reason? What's the reason behind that? I just feel that it's. I feel it's that there is benefit to social media, but the harm outweighs the benefit. I, I because I can remember it. I I don't. I can remember experiencing things by just experiencing them. Now we experience things through our phones, and and that's not something that I'm gonna put on your generation. I I do that. My father does that. You know, my father's almost eighty, and he he's doing that now. And I feel like social media has altered, altered how we behave in a way that has made us unhappy. Ultimately, unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I I can only judge that by how it made me feel. And. Uh, and so to spare, uh, to spare you all through that, I, I took the calculated risk of not letting you or your sister uh, m- for the majority of your life have phones and specifically social media. Uh, I have friends who at one point were addicted to social media. Like I saw it. I don't know if they saw it, but I, I think recently they started seeing it and they all started to back off it took them a while. They were all addicted to it. They all—that's all they did. All they did was post. Every time we'd go somewhere, they'd post it. And I think recently, every—not everybody, but a lot of people have started to realize that it just doesn't make any sense to advertise your whole life to people, and that the harm really outweighs the good. That's good. And so, what? what what's your point? My point is that I think you've spared me and my sister that by by teaching us from a young age what social media is so we never had to go through what they went through of realizing this is all you saved you saved us the trial and error period by just going straight to the results and showing us what happened okay now that sounds good Mm -hmm. but let's assume so you're almost 17 and it's by many measures almost criminal that i'm not letting you have instagram or tiktok so you mean to tell me that you now appreciate the lesson and if I open the spigot tomorrow and let you get TikTok and Instagram and everything else, you're gonna you're beyond that now? Um, I don't think I think if you open the spigot tomorrow, what what's a spigot? I mean let you do whatever you want. So yeah, if I, th- I think remove all remove all restrictions on your phone. Okay. I think if you did that what probably would end up happening in the long term is that I would get the social medias, but I wouldn't post on them. I'd use them solely to see what my friends are doing. But that's what I think I would do. I don't know what I would do. But I don't. I right as of right now, I don't feel the urge or the. I don't feel the compulsion to go and post something for likes because I think I'm beyond that. But I don't know. I have, that's just what I think. I'd react. My reaction would be. Here's what I believe. I believe that no one's beyond it because the people who are engineering these tools are smarter than you and I, have billions of people that they can learn from. The systems themselves are learning from billions of people's behaviors. I, I, I don't think you can, or even the friends that you mentioned, are able to contend with how addictive these applications are. 
they're designed in a way to be addictive. They're designed in a way to give you a dopamine rush. They're designed in a way to keep you keep your attention. Like for example, you know when you refresh anything by pulling it down and there's that effect? Yeah. That's that's has the same effect as a slot machine. And that whole What's happening is you pull down, it's as if the computer's thinking, oh, let me see if there's anything new. Mm-hmm. The reality is it can actually update in the background without you doing that. Mm-hmm. That's so easy. That's, that's 10, 15-year-old you know, web development techniques. But there's something about the slot machine effect where you pull down and like, oh, there's something new and you get a dopamine rush. And like smoking cigarettes, like any other addiction, you need more. Mm-hmm. So I actually believe that like somebody who's like i'm only gonna smoke one cigarette or just i'm gonna have one drink you underestimate the, the power, power of the these addiction. tools and you overestimate like your self self-drive yeah self. look at any of our grandparents or parents how addicted are they to these devices never addicted yeah and so you think at you know 16 17 or me at 42 that so how did I break my addiction? You just stopped it. I just stopped. Cold turkey. I stopped at cold turkey. And you get withdrawal. And I would find myself going to my phone. And, and even right now, WhatsApp is such an... It, it, there's a constant need for me to check WhatsApp. So I have two phones. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. I have two phones. Mm-hmm. What do I do? You take out with you the phone without WhatsApp and you leave the phone with WhatsApp at home. Exactly. Because I can't help myself. So... If if it's true that you're just you you know you're inheriting inherited my software the same way that Sudafa inherited her mother's software, you think that you've cracked the code where if you install WhatsApp or you saw all everything on your phone you're just gonna occasionally peruse mm-hmm. to see what your friends are doing. Yeah. Yeah or no? No, I don't think I'd do that. I think I'd get right back in then if you say it like that. Now, my, my concern, but this might be a separate subject, is my concern always, and why I said it's a calculated risk, is that me keeping these things from you, as your friends all have them, and talking about TikTok, and, and I, I don't know who's, a, who's, who's like a famous TikToker. I don't know. Do you really not know, or are you just telling me you don't I, know? I, really, I don't know. Okay. Um, or like a famous streamer. Do you know a famous streamer? Yeah. Yeah, like... like Vic Star One Two Three, <laughs> Vic Star One Two Three, uh, yeah, Vic, and so they're talking about all these things, and and you don't have access to the extent, to a large extent to these people. Now the calculated risk is when you're eighteen, you're in college, and let's just say you're not living at home anymore, that you become almost like a junkie with this stuff because there's five years of pent up. You can do whatever I want now. Yeah, and. Um, but the hope is that when I once I reach that point, I've also I've, I've also outgrown the need for it because I've never felt it. So like people, people who start by smoking one cigarette, and like I'm not gonna get addicted. I'm just gonna do it because it's cool. And they go down that path. I'll never have to start smoking that one cigarette because it's cool. Because I don't think it's cool. That's the that's the idea. That's what I'm hoping. Because that's what that new the, like our, my generation is doing right with cigarettes. Nobody thinks cigarettes is cool anymore, right? It's it's the vapes. Yeah. So it's the same. It's that same ideology that we're trying to. You guys are trying to make it not cool, so that I never like I never. Cause I'm sure none of my generations ever. Not not none of them, but a great part of my generation hasn't 
like doesn't think cigarettes are cool. Like they don't want to do cigarettes because they're cool. Yeah. Well, that's that's the hope. So what did we arrive at? What's the conclusion, or is there a conclusion? That as of right now, it's it's still best that we don't. I don't get social media. And let's just be clear. I also believe that it's best that I don't have social media. So it's and not. And you don't. It's not like you you're saying that, and you do have social media. You don't. Yeah, and I. And I I believe there are people who don't have, you know, who don't have the same who do have, self control. And I do be. The, I do believe there are certain people who use social media really, really well, either to spread good messages or... Make money. Make money. There are people who use social media to make money in very effective ways. And like money itself, I'm glad you mentioned that, I'm hoping social media becomes a tool that you, a tool that you use... You utilize to make money, whether it be through ads or creativity. To make money to do good... And not a tool that that's sort of a source of your happiness, but just just a tool. It's in my hand, not in my heart. Just like money, having money in your hand and not in your heart. Mm-hmm. That that's sort of the ideal thing, you know, to not to shun. So people, like for example, make fun of you know Kim Kardashian and and the Kardashians, but at least every time they post, they're like making three million dollars. To that, at least makes. But do you really think that they're posting just for the money and they get no satisfaction out of the likes? Or do you I, think... I think they're at that point where they're, they probably transcended the likes and it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's only... When you have all the likes and all the subscribers, they probably, it's, and all that stuff, you, 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 I would assume, and I'm not a Kardashian, that you realize the emptiness of it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably just about the money right now. And do you think that one day they'll get all the money and then there'll be something else, like a level of a video game? I, I would hope so. That, that, that would be a sign of growth. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at, and I can't believe we're talking about Kardashians now, uh, <laughs> one of the things, and I'll, I'll re- I respect her for that, is that she, she, Kim Kardashian is working on prison reform. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some measure of transcendence and growth that you know it's okay so you have all the likes and then you have all the money and then you you marry the rap star and it's like okay this is not very do you think that's so just for public image do you think the whole prison thing is it public image or is it i don't know but i i I would hope not but uh but yeah i i think you realize that the likes is is fool's gold like i think we're using the word like too much but but it shines bright, but it's really worth nothing. Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost like thinking your net worth is the money you have in a video game. Mm-hmm. Like you have that money. It's all fake. Yeah. And and do people really like it? On the other, like, put yourself in the position. Who who's liking? You know, and and do they really like? Nah, I I. I... I don't think I don't I think they're just liking to make the other person happy and seem like a good friend. I don't think they actually I, maybe if you're a real friend and like wow, they're doing great for themselves, but I think for most for 99% of people it's just whatever, I'm just going to give a like and go on. It's like when it's when you send it's like when you send the crying laughing emoji and yeah. your face is just blank, like you don't yeah. actually care, you just you're just giving them a reaction. I think that's what that is. And there's a social contract. Everyone knows when you LOL, no one's actually yeah, LOLing. That's why they, everybody uses emojis now, because you send LOL is kind of like, you're not funny. 
And so, oh, is that really is that the case? I didn't get that memo. Yeah, when like if somebody say if I say a joke and somebody says LOL to back to unless it's like my grandfather, yeah. but if it's like one somebody my age, I know they didn't find it funny. That's why you have to send like three like L O and then three L's. That means it's kind of funny. How how about if you actually laugh? Then I just send a video of me laughing, and then that that'd be good enough. That's what I do. So if you're actually laughing, you send the video of you laughing. Yeah, but that's only happened like three times because I've only ever been sent something that's like funny, funny three times. Wow. So, what have we established about liking? That it's fool's gold. It's empty. It's empty, empty happiness. Do Do you think that's why people are depressed though? Because you're pumping in all this empty happiness, this bubble. You're creating a huge bubble that when the bubble bursts, it's so big, it, spark, like it sends you down a chasm of like depression. Do you think that's why people get depressed so easily? Because they're, they get to these highs so easily that they can be popped by tiny little things and send them to the lows. Okay, so I, I don't know. I can't speak for people. I can only speak for myself. Because to me, it's easy to pass judgment. Mm-hmm. And... Passing judgment saying people are depressed or people are empty or people are this is it, it allows you the ability not to question yourself mm-hmm. and I can only speak to how I feel and and Liking likes and like and having people retweet To me, it's it's this immediate rush mm-hmm. like I remember in Twitter I, I, I learned a technique that if you Post an interesting tweet and sound clever, but you add add somebody famous. It puts the it creates the chance that that thing gets retweeted. Did it ever get retweeted? And it got retweeted by the person. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, all of a sudden, like I, I saw because I can see in the analytics and Twitter, it got I think something a hundred thousand views. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I was, wow. Wow. See, you're wow. You're like so impressed. And I was so happy. And I'm like, why am I so happy? Like, what am I chasing? I'm like so happy. And I never stopped and considered. I never stopped and considered. I started chasing that. And then I was like, okay, I think I found the algorithm. I say something clever uh, or, or I, I quote someone that I put them in the, in the tweet or multiple people, even better, if they're having a conversation, they'll retweet it and then I'll... You know, and, and maybe, maybe at the end of that, I'll get ten more additional followers, and and then this whole game, real I realized actually made me unhappy. Like mm-hmm. it was actually, in the long term, making me unhappy because it didn't work as many times as it worked. It just I don't know why exactly. I don't know I don't know the psychology of why this whole thing actually made me happy. And it, consist compelling this this uh, consistency or checking and adding and thinking. Like I would think a thought, mm-hmm. and rather than go, hmm, that's an interesting thought. I'm like, oh, I should, I tweet that or share it. So it morphed my my thinking. When you think back on that, like that time, like is it cringy to you, or do you, what do you think back with sadness? Like what, when you think about that time, like what emotion comes up? Um. You just remember it. it doesn't like you're not necessarily happy or sad. You just remember it. No, you, you know, it's the thing that just came up, popped in my mind when, you know, the story of uh, of uh, Omar al-Khattab and he laughed and cried. 
Did you ever hear that story? No. For our, for our non-Muslim follow, uh, followers. <laughs> Non-Muslim? That's uh, somebody famous, all right? That somebody famous, he's the he's the second Khalifa or ruler after the Prophet passed away. So, so. Um, and so he was a very powerful figure prior to Islam. Mm-hmm. And after Islam, he was known to cry and laugh. Mm-hmm. And... And one day, one of the companions asked him, "Why do you do that?" He said, "I laugh because I remember during the times before the Prophet, I used to not. I you, you couldn't leave the house without one taking one of your gods with you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I, w- I would forget to take a god, so I would take a date as my god, mm-hmm. so I can worship it on my trip. And then I uh, I would get hungry." Because they'd be long trips, and I would eat the dates. Mm-hmm. So he would eat, you know, eat his god, and say, so, and they said, then why did you cry? And he said, one of the practices before the prophet was, you would kill your daughter, which is insane to even say. Mm-hmm. But that was the Bedouin custom before the prophet stopped it. And he said, I cried because as I was burying my daughter, I she was cleaning my beard. Mm-hmm. And so, I sometimes look at my past and I I laugh at the stupidity and and I'm sad at the stupidity also. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, again, I don't pass judgment on my past. I'm I'm happy happy mostly because I had the wherewithal to just stop, mm-hmm. stop cold turkey. And, and that's one thing I do. Like you know, I did two years ago with the, with the most important thing in my life. Coffee. Coffee. That was bad for the I stopped. I, yeah, I stopped cold turkey because it became... A lot of... You know what I've learned? A lot of the things that give you short-term happiness give you long-term misery. Mm-hmm. Coffee, chocolate, social media, anything that gives you short-term gratification, mm-hmm. with the exception of, you know, probably my family and children. That's how you know something is good, when it's good for you in the short-term and good for you in the long-term. Mm. You're right. So, do you think you do you have anything on your mind? Uh, anything other thing on your mind about liking likes? Well, um, we, we don't have to be Joe Rogan and go three hours. I'm trying to at least go thirty minutes. No, still twenty five. You, you, you don't have to force it. I mean, if you if you think you, like, I haven't cracked this subject. By the way, I know that it doesn't make me happy. I know that there's something in me that. I, I wish that I could post something, and I want to get to that point. I want to get to the point because you know, if you think about the content I I send out, I send out you know weekly blog posts. I I, I send out newsletters. I send I send out this content out, and I try intentionally to just only be thinking a hundred percent about the person, the other person getting value, mm-hmm. not you getting value from likes. Yeah, exactly, and I, and that's why I like about this medium, is the, the newsletter. It's not like I'm getting an email back that says like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Maybe sometimes I'll get some feedback like that was really interesting or etc. But I try, and it's so hard when I create content, and I'm trying to create more content. It's just a hundred percent 
for the person and not for my own mm-hmm. nafs or my own ego. And so it's so okay. hard. You're you're moving the, the you're moving what you think is value to you and only giving value to that person. Yes, and I and I think that's a source of happiness when it, when you're doing something 100% for the person, the other person. Mm-hmm. I think that's when content becomes good for you and good for them, which is the irony. If we if we want happiness, and that's why we post these things, mm-hmm. I think maybe the only way to truly get happiness if your the intent behind that content or the intent behind doing that is a hundred percent for them. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if the content I'm producing is just a hundred percent for somebody, I'm not gonna say, "Hey, let me take a picture of you know my six pack or let me take a picture of my new ex or let mm-hmm. me take a picture of my anything it's all going to be about here he, here's how you can do something in your mm-hmm. life here's how you can but don't you think there's a lot of people like that who are offering these like pl- make get rich and plans for you not for me because i'm already rich it's for you to get better but in reality they're just doing it so that because i think some i think we're getting to a point where people realize that the whole like showing off isn't is like it's not really that cool anymore. The the new thing is helping other people, but in the like in the, in this at the same time being kind of modest, but you're still showing that you're really rich, and that's like the new. I feel like that's like the new thing. But I think that that that's lack of authenticity, and I think that doesn't last. But how do you distinguish like the real thing from that? Time. You, time. I I think so. So there are a lot of charlatans out there, but I think time weeds out the charlatans. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, when I was your age, there was one guy that was always on TV at night with these infomercials. Mm-hmm. His name is Tony Robbins. Yeah, I know Tony Robbins. Exactly, you still know Tony Robbins, and I feel, and I feel that Tony Robbins actually cares. Mm-hmm. He's. But then there are many that you never heard about mm-hmm. that really are uh, th- what you just described. So I think time is the ultimate charlatan test. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the test there is that you shouldn't listen to any self-help guru that's under 50. Yeah, you just wait. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. There are people now who are... who are creating content under the guise of helping somebody Mm -hmm. but are they really is that really their intention Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with people making money but like for example let's talk about content creators Mm -hmm. that I I think Gary V for example I've only heard about it. I've never seen anything that he has. No, he, he annoys a lot of people, but I actually think he cares about people. I think his content and his message, although very, very annoying and, and almost like over-caffeinated, I, I think I at least like his content because I think he cares. I mm-hmm. think he um, he's inspiring. I think David Goggins is another one. Uh, who, we talked about David Goggins before. Yeah. We talked about he's, a, he's a fixture in, you know, in, 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 our, in our podcast. And so, yeah, I, I, and I, it comes down to real intentionality. Mm-hmm. So what do you think our intention is with this podcast, thinking about intentionality? That's a good question. What, what are we, is this podcast for us, or is this podcast to help people? 
I'll let you go first and then I'll go. You know how Casey Neistat has that thing with his wife, the, the podcast, the, ther- yeah. like the therapy? I think that's kind of like that for us. It's not therapy. It's not like we like have broken up or something. I'm just saying like like this, like it helps us come closer together, talk about our ideas and stuff. Like we do that, but like we would never have a 30-minute discussion about liking likes. Like I feel like that's helping us. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting out of this. And, and you are almost 17. I feel that you're just going to be gone soon. And... And, uh, you know, like I, I speak to my father who, you know, I love dearly and, and I really I really enjoy talking to. I speak to him like what, once a week, once every two weeks. So this is also a, a record for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Not the conversations we've just, had. Yeah, a record of some conversations we've had. And, and you're right. This is unnatural. Mm-hmm. This conversation, we've never... Yeah, this is unnatural, but an unnatural in a good way because it's forcing us to really think through these subjects and and listen to each other and yeah ideally this should be every day without the need of a microphone Mm -hmm. but whatever i'll I'll take this over nothing yeah i think this was a good episode yeah i think we did a good i think this one was and and if you like it and want to hear more please like and subscribe (laughs) (laughs) bye baba bye you